The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Hi, good afternoon. Welcome to Manx Radio. You're on the air. Something to say? Something you'd like people to lend an ear to? Well, your voice is on by calling 66 13 68. Text 166 WhatsApp on the same number, but you'll need us in your contacts. And you can email studio at manxradio.com. A couple of days ago, Rob Cowell was on, uh, the um, Deputy Chair of Ramsey Commissioners was on talking about Ramsey and the North, and yesterday, Lamara Crane, who's the leader of the Manx Green Party, anything to follow up on anything that uh, they had to say, by all means, get in touch, or uh, anything else, really, that's on your mind. Just a quick word uh, about the Swing Bridge in Douglas Harbour is going to be closed to both pedestrians and cars every night next week, closed from 8 o'clock until 4 a.m., 8 p.m. till 4 4am from Monday for up to a week. Uh, they're doing some maintenance. The upstream bridge cylinder is going to be removed from its mounting and a new one installed. And then they're sending away the original cylinder for a, a refurbishment to a specialist firm. So the Millennium Bridge, the swing bridge, if you like, uh, across uh, Douglas Harbour is going to be closed nightly from Monday, 8pm till 4am. Uh, there's some daytime works as well, but apparently they won't. They won't affect road use. So just be aware of that if you use the swing bridge after 8 o'clock at night. It's going to be closed Monday to Friday next week. Uh, David's on first today. Hi, David. Hi, Andy. Listen, you need to get some strepsils. I'll have to get you some over the- <laughs> I've got everything here. Honestly, I'm like a chemist in here. Haven't you got private medical care with Manx Radio? Good. You need to use it. <laughs> oh, you're a very funny man. All right. I was going to talk about camper vans and abandoned vehicles that's left running around the island. Yeah. And I hope, and I hope uh, Bruce Hanney is still listening in, because the department, when Bruce Hanney was there as the chief executive type of fella, made decisions. And I want to know when vehicles are parked, you know, Belgravia Road in Onken near the tennis course, yeah. those, that Onken Park, we're coming towards the summer. We've got the biggest vehicle there in the island, I think, camper van, who's got grass growing underneath. And the commissioners need to cut the grass now, but we need the guy to move the vehicle. And it's been there eight months. I've got pictures going back eight months that that vehicle's been there. And there are, it's attracting other camper vans who are a disgrace. I think shouldn't be on the highway. And I'm just wondering, is it the job of the Vehicle Testing Centre? I need some advice on this. The Vehicle Testing Centre used to come out, assess the vehicle and say, that's not fit for the highway. And I remember Bruce Hanney then used to say to the DOT team, uh, put notices on it and they would give them um, 20 days. And if it's not moved, they lift it and get rid of it. Strictly speaking, at the moment, is that vehicle breaking the law? Well, there is an argument to, I put the argument to the DOT to, it's sitting on an old taxi rank. And I've asked the question, has the taxi rank been extinguished in law? 
or doors, you have to extinguish um, uh, certain things. So if it's it's definitely sitting on a taxi rank because I've got photographs so it says taxi on the on the the ground, and I've asked the question, and am I getting anything back from the DOI at the minute? Uh, I'd love them to come and talk to me and have a look at it. But I'm, I wonder if people uh, who live in Onken can go around there and have a look to say, would you want this in your public park, which you're paying rates on, uh, to be, you can't get to it because all these vehicles are parked there and they attract the worst vehicles we've got in the island. And all also, I mean, also, they, it's unsightly. It sends out two messages, really. It's, it seems like if anybody comes to the island, they'll look at that and thinks, A, we've got people who treat vehicles like that, and B, the authorities obviously don't care. Yeah, and the other thing, I want to give praise to the DOI because it's not all negativity. Carl, and I won't mention a second name, the guy called Carl and his team that done Mount View Road. And the, the, and the message goes out to them, team, if they're listening, is, I hope you enjoyed the Jaffa cakes you received and the tea and coffee. Job well done. Okay. And I'll leave it at that. All right. Thanks for calling today. All right. Hey, boy, bye. Have a good weekend. Uh, 12 minutes past 12 on Manx Radio. Uh, this is a perennial problem, and it is the problem of large vehicles and sometimes camper vans being parked on public roads, often in front of other people's houses. Now, strictly speaking, if it's not breaking the law, well... You should. You can say, well, that's just the, the them's the brakes. That's just what happens. But there are many vehicles that have been there for weeks, months, in some cases, years. Now, if you're subject to that, if you've got one of these vehicles near you, how do you feel about it? Have you tried to get it sorted out? Have you chatted to the person who's responsible for it? What happened then? If you tried to get in touch with the authorities, what happened then? And next time you're around just by Oncombe Park, have a look at that particular vehicle that David was talking about. It has got grass growing underneath it. Very green, very sustainable. But is it really what it's there for? Anyway, text, email, call and WhatsApp, whatever's on your mind today. I don't know whether you spotted the news that um, 4,600, 4,600 people are on the list to join the NHS dentist's waiting list. 4,600. It's up almost 400 compared to September last year, with some of those on the list having been there for four years. And perhaps that's you. Perhaps you've been sitting there waiting for an NHS dentist. The latest figures from Manx Care show there were 4,648 people looking to go on a dentist list as uh, as of the end of September, uh, December, including 112 who were added to the list in December alone. Nearly 1,500 of those waiting to be allocated a dentist are children, while some of those on the list have been there for more than four years. Manx Care says it currently expects those joining the list to face a seven to nine month wait. Meanwhile, the healthcare providers announced it'll be able to start offering checkups at Hillside next week. Manx Care took over Hillside in December after Regent Dental walked away, handed back the contract, 
Uh, but so far, they've been only able to offer uh, any non-emergency treatment. It's after a cyber attack on an IT system used by the previous provider prevented Manxcare from migrating data. So they've gone back to writing it down on paper. The practice will be offering checkups from Monday, this coming Monday, prioritising children and those who've been waiting a long time for their appointments. The Chief Minister's uh, stated aim and the government's plan, the one that the Chief Minister says we should adhere to, and that's the future, says we need another 15,000 more people. Do you think they should be telling anybody who wants to come here, forget an NHS dentist? If you're going to move to the Isle of Man, take out a plan. Get Den Plan get a private dentist because NHS just isn't on the list. It's as well, really, to be honest with people, rather than having them come here, then suddenly queue up for a dentist and get smiled at and say, wait. Initially, wait seven to nine months, and then could be anything. Lick your finger and stick it in the air. What does it say about us? In that the chief minister saying, adhere to the plan, we need more people, we need more financial activity... But what's the plan to look after people if they are coming here, let alone the people who are already here who need an NHS dentist? Um, But maybe it is time just to come clean and say, look, we can't cope. We simply can't cope. The better thing is, why not just give people a tax break on getting a private dentist? Then at least uh, they'll be looking after their teeth because it's always been said prevention's better than cure because problems with teeth can lead to all sorts of other problems, not least in adults, heart problems. You've been trying to get on a dental list? Text, email, call and WhatsApp. Love to hear from you if you've got something to say on the uh, subject. And also, uh, we haven't had any big potholes. Had a few pothole photos of potholes sent in recently. So if you've got a good pothole, then uh, you can WhatsApp the photo to me. WhatsApp's a great thing for sending photos. And also, you can also send um, um, voice messages as well. Uh, Let's get to the lines again. Michael's on now. Hi, Michael. Yeah, hi. I'm just. I'm not really used to speaking on Manx Street. Am I? Am I on the air? You're live on the air. There's only you and me listening, though, Michael. So don't worry about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just bringing up about um, back in February 2013, the Isle of Man government scrapped um, a grant scheme where people could repair their homes. Um, it replaced roofs windows, um, external masonry, damp coming underground. Um, In 2010, I found a pensioner in his house. He had freezing cold hands. Temperature was one degree centigrade, relative humidity 85%. In other words, he was dying in that house, and I had to sit there and bring him out of hypothermia. Anyway, I wrote to the government, and grants were given to him, and he got his roof repaired. He got the external masonry repaired, and he was able to live in his house for about five to six years before he actually died. His bedroom was in a hell of a state. It was the ceiling had collapsed, exposing an asbestos roof. Now, I've spent two years, and I'm ill myself, but I've spent two years writing to this government and getting absolutely nowhere. I explained that this man was close to death. I explained how it saved him. And it, 
to repair his house cost about £9,000. And as I say, he was able to live in um, in his house for about five or six years before his death. Who paid, but, who paid the bill? It was actually a government grant. Um, well, it was two government grants. The, the external masonry was so wet that if you put a hole in it, water would flow out. The roof was made of asbestos. You've got... I've been writing to many members of the government, about 50% of the MHKs. And you've got Dr. Alex Allenson, who doesn't answer anything properly. He just says, I won't reinstate the grants. Um, I found out that the being exposed to an asbestos roof above a bed, where the ceiling had collapsed, he couldn't go to bed. That's why he had to sleep downstairs. His bed was covered in plaster. Being exposed to an asbestos roof can cause melithosemia, which is like an aggressive form of cancer, mm-hmm. which which, atta- which attacks most of the body. And I just get a wall of silence. So, I mean, don't tell us the address, but whereabouts was the house? Which area? Oh, yeah, it was in the Foxdale area. Right. Um, and obviously these grants have now stopped. And, yeah. Um, so obviously you're, you're the person you were looking after got the benefit of the grants. And so. it helped, yeah. So what I'm concerned about is it's now the year 2024. We're talking 11 years after these grants were stopped. And I've been writing for two years asking them to be reinstated, not for my benefit, but for the benefit of others. I asked Sarah Maltby, for example, what, and, and uh, Dr. Alex Allen, and they both came out with the same answer. What would I do if in 2024 I found a man in the same position and the answer I got was call 999 and inform social services? Now, my point is if I rang up 999, he would, be, would have been hospitalised. If he'd been taken to hospital, he would have been released and then he would have been put into care. And as we know, care homes cost about £1,500 per week. Yeah. Assuming he lived for five years, you can add that up. It's a hell of a lot of money. Now, my method was bring him out of hypothermia, save his life, get obtain grants, get his house repaired. And he lived like five or six years in that house with no real problems. It took about two years to dry it out. That's how wet it was. But you've got the government now, they will not reinstate those grants. They've only got green living grants. And I have to tell the government that green living grants don't address a house that's got water coming into it. From Of all, from of a, all the MHKs you've written to, Michael, yeah. what, was the, uh, what was the best reply you got? Well, Jason Morehouse is not bad. He's tried to, I think, I don't know if he's going to table a question. But the answers I got was, Stu Peters says, why doesn't he sell the house? So I had to say, well, why didn't he sell the house? I mean, and move somewhere else. I said, because you can't sell a soaking wet house and then raise the funds from that to be able to move to another place. Good point. Um, to which he responded and said, um, why don't I see my own MHKs? I've got to buzz off now. I've got to see my constituents in middle. I couldn't believe this. And then... <clears throat> Anyway, trying to see my own MHKs is another one. I've, uh, what's her name? Um, Kate Lord Brennan yeah. sent me a manifesto in 2021 or thereabouts that said, I care about people living in the damp page seven of the manifesto. And I've written to her for like two years, roughly speaking, and not once has she ever replied. Um, I pointed out and I said on a couple of occasions to some of these MHKs, I said, 
this is not about me. I said, if I found you living in a damp, cold house with a temperature of uh, one degree centigrade at the time, 85% humidity, I'd save your life just as I would have saved his. Um, there's just no answers. It's almost like a... I put my computer on day and night, and sorry, day and night, I mean, I put my computer on each day and find that in general, 90% of these people just don't answer. And they need to bring back these grants. It's like, I see it, these grants are like, a, I'm going to describe it as an umbrella grant. Um, if you went out in the rain with no umbrella, your clothes and your body are going to get soaked and wet. Well, a house is a bit like that. If you repair the roof, you repair the external masonry and the um, and stop underground penetrating damp. They're the main three ones. You're going to have a dry house. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the inside. It's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Um, the, these these cold, wet houses cost a fortune to heat, and they need those grants bringing back. They they were brought in in 1974 to be scrapped in 2013. Eleven years later, I'm hearing of other people that are suffering in damp homes for various reasons. Interesting, yeah. Uh, well, and, Michael, I'm I'm really happy you made this point as well. I mean, it's one I've not heard recently, um, yeah. and uh, certainly those grants were a lifeline for many people in the past. Presumably, yeah. they were withdrawn on cost grounds I don't know what they were withdrawn on because actually as I say in general I mean this mainly is for elderly people but say that this is the other point like if the house was sold that money got repaid back to the government anyway so like if a person had their house sold even if it was an elderly person the government the treasury would get their money back and um, it just meant that the person could live in the house longer. It, it, um, it, that didn't just apply to elderly people, it applied to anyone. People are on low incomes and they're struggling and these grants were fantastic and they need to bring them back. Okay. All you've got now is green living grants. Green living grants are great, but they're no use if you've got water coming into a house. So like if you put LED light bulbs in or a thermostat, uh, or the thermostats is what they give out, or pipe lagging, that's great, but no good if you've got water coming through like that man had and leaking asbestos roof above his bed. And not only that, but the ceiling collapsed in his, in his um, kitchen right above his fridge. The man was living in a hellhole. Okay. Uh, All right, Michael, to- we appreciate that, and I'm glad that you raised it. So if anybody else is uh, in that particular circumstance, or has got an opinion, then we'll, we'll uh, take some more calls on that. Thanks for calling, Michael. Yeah, OK, thank you. Take care. Bye. Good to hear from you. And Eddie's on now. Hi, Eddie. Hiya, Stu. Stu. <laughs> You're right. Um, Yesterday's show, um, very, very interesting. It was a bit um, not what I expected, like. Um, I don't know whether you've been the same, but I've had loads of phone calls about it. And one of the phone calls said that Max Radio's Facebook's had a lot of comments about yesterday's show, about how rude the lady was, how very, very ignorant, naive, unqualified... And as far as I'm concerned, she's not green in any way whatsoever. Um, A couple of her comments were she was for uh, um, the wind farm, even though we pointed out about um, the the Amazon getting chopped down to do all these things and everything, not recyclable. She made one comment saying they are recyclable. 
Well, I don't know of that. Um, they are work- all as I do know is that there are companies working on trying to recycle them, but they're not recyclable. The other thing you mentioned was um, if they go ahead, we'd have some backup with battery systems, lithium. Um, is she fully aware of the slavery that's going on to get the, those mines and, the, and the, the stuff out of it? She seemed very naive about everything. I, I don't know what... Uh, I don't do Facebook, but uh, you do, Andy. And, and ha- is it true that your Facebook... Uh, uh, it has been full of comments about yesterday's uh, well, show. Well, we've certainly had some comments, but, I mean, she's the leader of a political party. I'd be very surprised if she didn't have opinions. In fact, she wouldn't be much use as the leader of a political party if she didn't have opinions. Uh, and, and in this situation, you know, nothing's black and white, Eddie, is it? Well, I thought we'd try to point all this out over the last few months. I mean, this... Yesterday's show reminded me of when you had the Wildlife Trust on. Now, green is green. I don't know whether it's... um, uh, uh, One of the comments I had from the phone call was it's very, very suspicious. Are the government getting at everybody or what? Because the, the things that you expect to be against... Bad things like um, polluting the world, slavery, you name it. You've even got clauses in that uh, governments cannot acquire certain things from uh, anywhere if it's got slavery involved with it or pollution or any any um, things like that, you know, health and safety. You name it, Those there's clauses in government buying. And yet we're still thinking on the lines of going ahead with some of these things. Uh, it, it reminded me of the Wildlife Trust because that that woman uh, I pointed out, that these things kill birds by the thousands. Now, how can anybody who's uh, green actually go for anything that does that? Uh, same with the pollution, the floods, the concrete taking away the heathland. You name it, it's been said over and over again in the last few months, hasn't it? And yet we still come out with, uh, my little saying is, it's not green, it's an alternative. And I I just can't believe that that, I actually think she's done us more good than, uh, you know, our uh, protest here. Well, you'll be interested, uh, next Tuesday, uh, the 6th of February, we've got uh, Max Utilities in, and also the consultants, the people who are consulting on the wind farms, Wardell Armstrong, Lizzie Riley is in, and Paul Evans and Ian Ramsbottom from Wardell Armstrong next Tuesday, talking about the proposed Isle of Man wind farm. So the, the important thing is, Eddie, we get as much as much information and as many views, and I'll just reiterate, nothing in this world is black and white now. Politics and science and personal beliefs are all come into where we are heading towards the future. That's dead right, yeah. And I, I was at the meeting, uh, the one at um, Four Olds, and uh, I'll bet you a, a pound to a pinch of whatever <laughs> that they won't say anything different than what they said at that one. And not one person was believed them at that one. So we look forward to next week. All right, All right okay. Andy. Thanks, Eddie. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Good to hear from you. Have a good weekend. Is uh, Wilf now. Hi, Wilf. Hi, uh, 
I listened to uh, the man online yesterday without making any comments because I thought there's plenty of people uh, phoning in anyway. So I just thought I'll leave it and see what happens. Uh, I was very happy with what the, the, the result was. But anyway, we will not go into that. Um, I was talking to both our Ramsey MHKs the other day, and I asked them a question. I said, what do we do with the batteries that you take off? Uh, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself now. I said, you, the government have got several uh, electric vehicles, and you're forcing Ramsey into having electric vehicles with this green thing that you're on about. Uh, now, I said, what do you do, or where is it on the island that you get rid of one of the batteries off one of these things? Or better still, where do you get rid of the car? The answer was, we don't know. And they had our Ramsey MHKs, but they didn't know. And then they altered it to... Well, we haven't got anywhere on the island, so they have to be shipped off the island to wherever they do it in England. So there's more cost to to the ratepayers of the Isle of Man having to buy these things because they cost two or three times more in of the price of them than an ordinary vehicle, what I call an ordinary vehicle, and you can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of the batteries, and you've got to ship these things away. At whose cost? If it's a private one, it's it's for the private person to pay for to get his car or whatever shipped away. If it's if it's government one, the government pays, but then we pay. Anyway, let's forget that a minute. Uh, there was also mentioned um, the progress on the harbour wall around Ramsey. Yeah. Now, I've already told them what to do with that, because, but of course, I've got no letters behind my name, so I've only got the experience, you see, but they don't take any notice of that. Uh, a two-foot wall, that will do the job. Um, and if it ever did get over top of that wall, well, you add a piece to the wall. But the thing is, we're talking about, or they are talking, government are talking about, a 1.4-meter wall round the harbour. So that means any kid in a pram, anybody in a wheelchair, anybody going past in a car, cannot see the harbour anymore. Right, just forget that for a second. When you put a wall one side of the harbour, what happens to the other side of the harbour? There's no mention of anything over there, shipyard side. So it would be nice if somebody would come on and explain where the water goes. What's going to happen? What do you think? <laughs> water finds its own level. It's got to go somewhere. You put a wall one side, you've got to do something the other side. And it's a little bit difficult the other side because you've got the shipyard. And the shipyard is on the same level as our, as our key side, the other side. You can't put a wall around there. The boys can't walk, work over there with a wall around there. Plus, you've got houses all around there. I think it's a, they've got a very difficult situation, but they haven't even thought about it. And do you think that any new wall is going to cut down the amount of uh, car parking spaces? Not if they do it the way I tell them to do it. 
which is all you do is remove the chains and put a two-foot wall in place of the chains. That's it. Job finished. The fishermen don't need a special place to unload or anything. They can step over that. Normally, they pull the posts out and the chains out so they can get the wagon close enough. But the wagon can get close enough anyway because some of the boats have got to high up on anyway, but the, the one that takes the scallops off and all the rest of it, they've got high ups on. They can rig that up. But you can actually step over the wall or you've then got a seat all the way down that side for people to sit on and enjoy their drinks, look at the harbour, whatever it is, and the flooding is finished on, uh, on the, 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 the town side. It will not flood anymore, apart from it, coming up uh, grids and coming up um, into cellars. But it won't come over the top anymore because it, nev- the, the, it never reaches, if you look at pictures of it, and I've got loads of photographs, if you look at it, this, when, the, when the flood is on, it never gets anywhere near the dip in the chains. And that's about, what, I don't know, foot, 18 inches. Yeah. Never gets anywhere near. Two-foot wall does the job. And the plus the thing, in fact, is it's so much cheaper. It only costs a fraction of what they're calling it. It started off at 2.4 million or something. Now it's up to, I don't know, 6 or 8 million or something. Of all the time they're talking and drawing plans and people getting paid to draw stupid plans up in governments. People that don't know what they're doing... Because they haven't been, around, they haven't lived long enough to know about these things. You see, I, I think, I think, I, you and I should put letters after our name, Wilf. Yeah, yeah. It depends what letters. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Wilf. Have a good weekend. Uh, thank you. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, 24 minutes uh, before one on Manx Radio. You know, we're running uh, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, 60th anniversary uh, pieces of programming on Man in Line. Wednesday, every Wednesday, we're rerunning some Kelly's Eyes and Monday and Friday, 60th anniversary uh, programming. Uh, interestingly, today you'll hear just uh, when Man in Line finishes the reaction to uh, the then Chief Minister Alan Bell. Uh, the reaction when Richard Corkill resigned as Chief Minister. Remember that? It's on after Man in Line today. This is the Isle of Man talking. The Man in Line. I wish I had a better savings account. Did you hear about Skipton International's great rates for their savings? No. Tell me more. Skipton are currently offering a 5% AER fixed rate account maturing 14th of March 2025. Wow, that's a really good deal. It's no wonder Guernsey's bank Skipton International offers some of the best rates around. For details of all Skipton savings products, call 01481 730 730 or visit skiptoninternational.com. It's time to switch to Skipton. No withdrawals allowed until maturity. Interest is paid annually and upon maturity. Skipton International is licensed to take deposits by the GFSC and is a participant in the Guernsey Banking Deposit Compensation Scheme. See dcs.gg. Sarah always admired her father's strength, but as years went by, she noticed subtle changes. His once sharp memory began to fade. Dad, you forgot our Sunday lunch again. With Man Benham, Sarah found a way to ensure her father's assets and dignity remained protected. Now I know Dad's future's secure, no matter what. Protecting tomorrow's peace of mind today. Learn more at manbenham.com. 
or call us on 639 350. Share the love with ShopRite. Whether it's chocolates and fizz or a romantic dinner at home, we've got all the ingredients you need for the perfect Valentine's Day. Dairy Box and Black Magic, just £5 per box. Lindor Truffles at £4.25 and Di Maria Prosecco, three bottles for £27. From the 7th till the 14th of February, our larger stores have succulently shareable tomahawk steaks at £7.25 per pound and fillet steak at £13 per pound. So share the love with ShopRite this Valentine's Day. Having secured their first win of 2024 last weekend, can FC Isle of Man get the job done again when they return to NWCFL Premier Division action this weekend? The Ravens are back at the ball once again this Saturday, with Skelmersdale United the latest to head to Manx Shores with a point to prove. Join me, Rob Pritchard and Tony Meppen for FC Isle of Man versus Skelmersdale United, kicking off at 6pm on Saturday. Manx Radio will be providing full live match commentary on our DAB and AM 1368 channels. Live coverage of FC Isle of Man on Manx Radio is supported by Selton investing in our community. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Uh, let me just correct myself. At the time, Alan Bell was Treasury Minister, but after Man in Line today, so the resignation of Chief Minister Richard Corkill in 2004, it's 20 years ago, and the reaction of the uh, then Treasury Minister Alan Bell. And uh, I, I hope you're enjoying the uh, 60th anniversary uh, memories that we pepper throughout the day on Manx Radio. Interesting. We've got all the tapes. That's the one thing we do have miles and miles of tapes. Thanks also to uh, as um, regarding the couple of programmes we've had over the last days uh, Rob Cowell on Wednesday and yesterday was Lamar Crane. Um, no wonder people are sceptical of climate change when you hear claims that our per capita emissions make us third highest in the world and that wind turbines can be recycled says G on 313 again we come to uh, opinions and fact and where do you start where do you where do you go there are facts for absolutely everything there are facts for both sides of an argument and then there are people's opinions the best way is to tell us your opinion by calling 66 13 68. Text, email, call on WhatsApp. And just a quick word, uh, meet your MHK tomorrow, Saturday 3rd. There's an MHK political surgery for Garth, Garth Commissioner's Office, New Road in Laxey from 10.30 to midday. Meet and talk to Daphne Kane and Andrew Smith. MHK's for Garth. And also, I think Garth Commissioner Tim Kenyon is going to be there. Drop in 10.30 to till midday and have a chat with your MHKs and uh, commi- uh, commissioner as well. Uh, the guy yesterday stated that the ozone layer problem had gone away on its own was wrong. Uh, we dealt with the depletion of the ozone layer uh, because of uh, CFCs. We got rid of them from fridges. So it was, um, uh, if you like, people did be... Um, Uh, you know, people did. We did do something about it, and it repaired. Now, whether that was us or whether it would have happened anyway, well, we don't know. Uh, also, let's go to the uh, green energy regarding Graham. This is uh, further to yesterday's interview. Wind farms are known to kill bird and animal life in significant numbers. The, the decline in seagull numbers exactly parallels the development of wind farms. Now, gulls are protected species, so killing them surely is breaking the existing law. 
Is the government going to grant exemptions to the operators and allow this to happen? The answer is right beneath our feet, says Graham. This is Graham Fox Hume, who's been on Man in Line before. And Graham, of course, is a big advocate for geothermal energy, which is totally green. Doesn't kill anything, says Graham. And yet, at the moment, the government doesn't seem minded to do anything about uh, the um, possibility of geothermal energy. Uh, last week, I came across an interview with the new principal of King Williams College and would like to hear it in full. Can you send me details of how to track it down? Hi, Julia. All you need to do is go to manxradio.com, click on podcasts, and it will be in there if you want to hear the new principal of King Williams College. In fact, uh, everything that we do uh, is available on Listen Again for the new, uh, for at least a couple of weeks, but lots of the programs are kept forever as podcasts. So if you go to podcast. Yesterday's announcement, says Dick, of by Garth Commissioners, that the people of Laxey, Lonnon and Mackled will have to find an extra 14% for their rates on top of the 10% it went up last year. Neighbouring authorities like Ramsey have raised their rates by 6% in the same two years. Garth, 14 and 10. All the local authorities have suffered the same inflation costs, the same wage demands, the same energy price rises, the waste disposal costs, but Garth think it's, un- it's justifiable to put an 18% more on the rates than Ramsey have in the same period. I'm sorry, it's about time the percentage rise is set or approved by government and uh, not these very financially mismanaged authorities. Uh, Dick, you've got a chance, and if you want to pop along to the Laxey Commissioner's Office tomorrow in New Road in Laxey, 10.30 to midday. Tim Kenyon from the Commissioners will be there and also Andrew Smith and Daphne Kane, the MHKs. Thank you, 278 said, I reported an untaxed car where I live, been sat there for six months, not moved, not taxed, absolutely nothing done about it. Text to 278. Now, how long does that have to go on before something is actually done about it? It's not just Belgravia Road in Onken that's got a problem. Uh, Leany Road in Ramsey is a graveyard for vans. Builders buy them, tax them, use them as storage units. I bet if an MHK or MLC lived there, they'd be moved. This has been mentioned many times that knackered old vans are often used really as storage units. It's not strictly against the law. So quite what you can do about it. Perhaps it's a planning issue. Uh, just to clarify, says David, uh, just to clarify, the present operation of the meat plant is under the control of the government and that the Farmers Cooperative, the FMA, who operated it successfully for over 50 years, haven't been operating it since 2017. The government now operates the meat plant, says David, just to get that on the record. My daughter's family with two young children have been on the NHS dentist waiting list for three years, says 768. I wonder what do you say to children when you try and drill into children that you must uh, look after your teeth, clean your teeth all the time, make sure you know, you're not getting gum disease or, or dental caries and they say but you know mum or dad or whoever I can't go to the dentist, why can't you go to the dentist? Well there's not one available. 60 years of serving the island. Manx Radio. Ah with EPS Coatings. Your house could be looking as good as the day it was painted for 10 years. Guaranteed. Whatever the Manx weather brings. 
the revolutionary Protex system from EPS Coatings. Ultimate protection for your home, guaranteed for 10 years. Book now for next spring and get 10% off. Search EPS Coatings Isle of Man and keep your house beautiful for longer with EPS. This winter, Manx Petroleum will keep the island warm for the homemakers, for the bedtime storytellers, for the work-at-homers, and for the careful spenders. This winter, the island's longest-serving distributor will be warming thousands of homes with our premium heating oil. With minimum orders from just 250 litres to keep your outgoings low, Manx Petroleum, always here for you. For details and ordering, visit mp.im. He'll help keep your garden looking fine. He makes it easy and he saves you time. He'll take your grass. He's Johnny Trash. Tired of endless trips to the tip? Fortnightly curb collections from Johnny Trash. The eco-friendly way to deal with garden waste. Sign up and get your free bin at johnnytrash.im or text your address to 477-767. He'll take your grass. He's Johnny Trash. Journey to a Dream, the podcast that takes you behind the handlebars of motorcycle racing's ultimate challenge, Roads on the Isle of Man. I didn't realise normal people could race motorbikes. I thought it was something on TV or for superheroes. From the thrill of the speed to the allure of the island's mystique, join me, Beth Espy, as we unravel the passion that drives these riders to push the limits. Childhood dream, you know, is something I've always wanted from since being a kid. Journey to a Dream, available now at manxradio.com or your usual podcast provider the man in line with andy wint master my good afternoon <clears throat> excuse me i'll try and get my voice back in gear over the weekend it's 12 minutes before one uh also i mentioned in from uh, neil this is regarding um the live streaming i mentioned it to rob cowell a couple of days ago now ramsey live streams the meetings of ramsey commissioners onken were going to do it i don't know whether they are and in fact i don't know whether any other commissioners across the isle of men actually live stream their meetings but uh, Ramsey do um, and I don't know whether you think that's a good thing also you can go back and see some of them and see what they have to say if you can't get there in person we, we are kind of determined to make sure that the process of democracy is visible it's transparent and as many people get involved in it so do you think this is a good idea hi Sue many young people and many young families can't afford to use Denplan so what do we do, Sue? If people can't get NHS dentists, is it time to actually say, look, the game's up? That's it. If you're not, you're going to be waiting two years, maybe more or so, to get on an NHS waiting list for a dentist. But what, what do you do for young people, for older people, for that matter? Graham said, Andy, I've got a large van, fully insured, fully taxed. I park it at Jerby Industrial Estate. I got a letter from the DOI to say I, ha I hadn't asked permission to park there, so I wrote back to them to ask about permission, and they didn't even reply. I take it it's still there, Graham, is it? It's their land, isn't it? Uh, the people, says uh, John, the people that live in Ramsey, I, I think, are fortunate, judging by the sensible people you had on your program. We know that Ramsey put their rates up by 6%. Contrast this with the faceless wonders in Douglas Corporation. Can you get one of them on to explain why they needed to increase Douglas rates by almost 25% over the last two years after reducing services? I think it will be very interesting to know what's happening. 
morning. Uh, just in, by the way, there's news that Braddon commissioners apparently are going to raise their rates by 36.5% this year. The increase will see rates jump from last year's 257p in the pound to 351p. The local authority says it needs extra cash to pay for the recently completed roundhouse. You know, the uh, the um, uh, centre that they got, the community centre that they got, as well as rises in energy and waste costs. So uh, there we are. That's the story. The commissioners face some difficult challenges when setting their rate for 2024-25, 351p in the pound. Interesting, uh, having listened to the young lady from the Green Party yesterday, uh, I, I confirmed my fears that the woke lobby seems to be infiltrating. Uh, Lamar Crane was very pleasant, but what we need are people who are realists and address the fears and concerns of Isle of Man public going forward, dealing with issues like the health service, and the point raised regarding dentist waiting lists, not just pie-in-the-sky policies. People need their daily problems sorted out now, not seemingly going round and round the houses while politicians go on about green credentials. Well, it seems, I mean, that's the government's uh, policy at the moment. I appreciate that, Ian. Thanks for, for, for dropping that note in. But this is the government's policy that we, we're going to move forward and we will uh, have uh, sustainable energy. So just to point out, as I say, uh, we're open line on Monday, but Tuesday with Manx Utilities and Wardell Armstrong. Wardell Armstrong are the consultants who are helping look at the potential wind farms in the south of the Isle of Man. Paul Evans and Ian Ramsbottom are on from Wardell Armstrong and Lizzie Riley, who's one of the uh, transition managers, the energy transition managers for Manx Utilities. So Tuesday, we'll be looking at that. You'll have noticed that we're getting MHKs on from various constituencies, and that's purely because we're halfway through uh, this administration. Recently, we've had uh, Claire Barber and Joni Farragher from Douglas East. Julie Edge and Rob Callister were in from Onken. Jane Paul Wilson and Stu Peters came in from Middle uh, earlier on this month. And at the end of February, David Ashford and John Wallenberg are in from Douglas North. In March, Alfred Cannon and Tim Johnston coming in from Aaron Michael. Alex Allenson and Laurie Hooper from Ramsey. And Anne Corlett and Chris Thomas will be in from Douglas Central. We'll uh, get Glen Faber and Peel and Douglas South uh, timetabled in, but that will mean all MHKs, in fact, every constituency will have been represented halfway through this particular administration. Makes you wonder, doesn't it, why Douglas councillors don't stream their public meetings? What are they not wanting lots of people to see? It doesn't cost much, does it? Live streaming, Manx Radio manages to do it from on your budget. Thank you, Andy. Well, again, that's something you have to put to them. Ramsey seemed very happy to do it. Ramsey are more than happy with live streaming their meetings. As for the rest, we're often told to believe in science, says G. Science has just claimed new planets look like Smarties. <laughs> Again, it's opinion, it's fact. What's opinion and what's fact? I'll tell you what is t uh, absolutely true. <laughs> Says text to 557. What is true is what a terrific idea. Buy a knackered old van, tax it, and use it as storage. 
you've given me an idea. Thank you for that. Lamara Crane was uh, uh, very right. Uh, was very, I'm right, you're wrong yesterday, says Paul. Thank you, but well, she is the leader of a political party, and that political party does have representatives. One of them, Andrew Jessup, chair of uh, Braddon Commissioners, Andrew Bentley from Douglas, Falk Horning from Douglas and Lamar Craig. Anyway, that's it. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones today. Listen for Richard Corkill resigning, and have a great weekend. W-I-N-T serving you as the nation station this is Max Radio Max Radio has been on site for a number of dramatic political occasions few more so than in 2004 when the then Chief Minister Richard Corkill resigned after he and his wife had been interviewed over allegations in connection with grants paid to them by the Department of Tourism and Leisure Mr Corkill stepped down to quote protect the island's integrity. He denied any wrongdoing, but the news caused disquiet amongst the island's business community. It was the Treasury Minister Alan Bell who at a gathering of that community sought to reassure. I did think though it might just be opportune just for a couple of minutes to say a few words about what has happened in the last couple of days uh, to try and reassure uh, the business community in particular uh, as to what in fact is going on. Richard has been a great servant to the Isle of Man. He's worked tirelessly for the Isle of Man's benefit and for the business community, both as Chief Minister and previously as as Treasury Minister. And I'm sure many of you will have uh, had experience of working with him and will echo my sentiments when we say how sorry we are to see how the uh, events unfolded over the last couple of days. But what I want to reassure you all uh, today is in my temporary role as chairman of the Council of Ministers um, is that the show goes on. Uh, It is desperately sad that Richard has uh, resigned, but that is only one politician that has left the scene for the time being. And I want to reassure you that the policies of government, uh, and in particular the strategies which I think we're all signed up to in relation to taxation, uh, to the economic development of the island, and to the social development of the island, remain firmly in place and there is no prospect of them being changed. So I am aware that there has been concerns expressed that there may be a change of direction now that uh, perhaps some of the taxation policies may not be implemented in the way we uh, all anticipated. But I just want to give you the reassurance that nothing has changed on on that front and I am sure um, given the early names anyway that are in the hat for uh, the replacement uh, Chief Minister, uh, that because of the overwhelming support that Tinwald has given to those three strategies over the last few years and the long-term commitment of Tinwald towards developing a prosperous and caring society, that whoever is appointed as the new Chief Minister, um, the policies, the underlying policies uh, will remain in place. Part of Island Life for 60 years. This is your Manx Radio.